This is Ant Lyons for Your Property Podcast. And um, today we're going to be talking about property sabbaticals. So taking some time off from your property business and getting it to a level where it's systemized so it can run without you. Um, and I'm joined on the call today by someone I met, um, I guess about probably about five or six years ago at a Christmas property do. And I recall this because I was really drunk and he wasn't. Um, but I wasn't too drunk. surprised that I you didn't... can actually recall it. Yeah, I'm all right with that. So, I haven't um, noticed, Dan. I haven't noticed. No, I, was, I was hiding it very badly, I would imagine. So, uh, but I remember, it, you know, he, he had a really cool story uh, and he was just kind of at the beginning of things and just seemed a really, really nice guy. So then we did an article some years ago. So very long-winded introduction to Alex Zepatowski. So hi, Alex. How are you doing? I'm great, thanks, Sam. Thank you so much for allowing me to talk to your community. Oh, God, that doesn't seem like you decades and cough, ago. And cough, cough. I, Who else is here? Oh, she is there. <laughs> I always try. I always try. Try introduction. So perhaps you'd like to introduce yourself. Yeah, I carried Owen here. Hello. Hello again. <laughs> hi, so, uh, uh, Alex, that, that however long ago it was, five or yeah, four years ago, something. It seems like decades in many ways because you know i guess for you as well because you've done so much in that time frame yeah it's gone yeah it's gone fast hasn't it um and it's been an amazing journey you know as you say i think we probably were just starting or maybe we'd just kind of got our you know started honing our craft kind of and doing our thing um yeah the early stages that, that that's the most fun i think the excitement the fun the beginning bit when you're just getting started and and it looks like it's been pretty fun along the way because I, I follow what Alex does. Uh, you know, I stalk him a bit on Facebook and stuff, and he's um, he's always in sort of really glamorous locations, or he's being invited to do TED talks and become a sort of multimedia uh, pinup. Um, but the pinnacle being the TEDx interview, obviously, it's all no, been leading up to this. Obviously, yeah, this is it. <laughs> totally. so, um, so, yeah, he's one of the people that I, I, really, I genuinely really like, and I follow him online and think, oh, he looks like he's got an amazing life. So, um, of course, social media always represents the you know the very best of our lives, I'm sure. So, today, I guess you're going to tell us a little bit about some of the hiccups along the way and what you maybe sure. would have done differently. So, for people who um, maybe don't know very much about you. Um, you're irritatingly young still, but I don't know if I still am. So I'm 28 now. Um, I don't know what. Yeah, you are. Yeah. No, no. Compared to some, that's quite old. The Institute of Directors <laughs> defines young as under 42. So uh, I no longer qualify. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. I had, a, I had a young man's haircut today, so it's fine. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Shaves 20 years off. Absolutely. And you're ripping the silver fox very well. Yeah, and I say, I always go into the hairdresser and I say, can can you like you know lose you know do the haircut and like knock off about five or ten years if possible <laughs> so, so, um, and three stone but yeah that's another thing so that's, um, a, that's a big ask yeah. so sorry Anne, the original question was what <laughs> okay so yeah we start talking about your hair go off plan don't you off piece a bit but so um when i met you you were just kind of getting into property you were just yeah. on the journey and um perhaps you could just do a brief synopsis of you know you know where you were prior to then sure How so, you got and where you are now so in short, I tried a lot of proper jobs, right? Um, uh, I tried, so I used to be a cricket coach. So through that, the parents of the kids that I coached with hooked me up with internships in banking, 
um, Citigroup, accountancy, law, PR, sales, IT. I did some charity fundraising. Um, I liked job parts of all the jobs, but none of it really lit me up. So I, I, the last interview um, internship I did with Procter & Gamble, they said, can you see yourself doing this the next 50 years? <laughs> I was like, wow, that's a big question. So the short answer was no. Uh, so I went home that night and Googled, how can I be my own boss? Came across Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Um, then, you know, started learning about property, invested in my property education. And quite quickly, all the limiting beliefs I had, I'm too young, I don't have money. Um, I have no experience, you know, there were fairly big reasons why I can't succeed. I realized they were just my stuff. Um, and I just had to park those to one side and take action. So um, very quickly in the first two years, uh, whilst being a university student, um, purchased like 20 properties, didn't start with any cash, but learned to raise finance and do deals and, and structure stuff. So it was a win-win for investors. And um, yeah, grew very, very quickly, right? And, and didn't have it come from a business background. So then spent the next couple of years sorting out the systems and the admin and the operations to really um, enjoy that income and, and not just the income, but the, the headspace as well. Um, so now I can um, you know, spend my time doing what I love, which is teaching other people how to, to do the same thing and um, you know, become financially free and, and traveling, really. Yeah, okay. And getting fit as well. And getting fit, yeah, I'm loving yeah. it. Yeah, it's really, it's really, you're looking good, mate. You're looking very good, mate. Thank Again, you. irritatingly good. So, um, so the, the model of growing a sort of portfolio fairly fast is it can be, uh, it's very easy to fall into a trap of creating a, a job or um, and actually creating quite a tough job and a headache yeah. and, and a mess. And so how, was there a point at which you said, I need to change the way I'm doing this? Because were you, in the early days, I'm assuming you were kind of doing everything yeah, so yeah, was literally doing everything, managing managing the properties, finding the properties, doing the refurbs, um, you know, going to Howden's or B and Q on price checking plasterboards and you know all that kind of stuff. So was was doing everything, and um, yeah, I mean that's one way of doing it. Uh, you can get results from it, but but you can. I've learned to be a lot more um, kind of leveraged or, or systemized since then. So, you know, the same job takes you less time or, you know, you get other people to, to help do it. So which was the first bit that you kind of handed across to somebody else to do and, and were able to successfully take a step away from? So the biggest thing for me was lettings, right? So I, I started off buying in blue collar areas. Um, so, you know, renting to Eastern Europeans and I'd, I'd grown so quickly um, you know, there are a lot of properties, but then I was also trying to do more properties, but at the same time fill rooms um, and then chase tenant, um, in, uh, you know, rent. So there's, it didn't work to be doing all that myself. So um, went through a few different letting agents to find a good letting agent who, who does it well. And that was the biggest kind of um, freeing up a headspace when, when that was taken off my plate. Okay, so you outsource that element because there's sort of two ways of doing it, really. You can outsource it or you can bring someone in to, to work for you in, and manage that. So, um, but then the thought of having in, in employees, that's a different challenge again, I guess. So Yeah, completely. So I've got two patches. Um, one, um, one where my, my business partner, Katrina, who was my life partner and until recently we've kind of gone our separate ways but still got business interests together. So she manages all... Um, some of my properties and then um, they're the more the white collar properties and then the blue collar are managed by someone else and um, yeah just just learn what I want from a letting agent you know how to interview them effectively how to uh, you know grill them how to check up on them to make sure that 
they are great at HMOs, right? So I've got, I've got a load of flats, but also a load of HMOs as well. That's where the bread and butter of the income comes from HMOs. And if they're not managed well, you, you know, that can be a pain. So, uh, or the income doesn't come in. So kind of develop the process to make sure the, I'm selective on who I choose. And then that, then it's not just a, a delegate, an abdication rather. It's a, a delegation. You still have to, you know, check in on them and rental reports and, and keep on top of, of all that kind of stuff. Okay. And um, did you find it hard to hand that across psychologically from somebody who's been doing everything? And loved it. No, you love it. I did the same thing a few years ago. I was delighted to hand us across the last set of keys that I was managing. I was like, I never want to go there again. So, uh, um, but I think when you have done something yourself, and you, you, you know, you it, sometimes it can psychologically be difficult to a let go of the thing you're owning, and and, and also b suddenly you've got time. And having more time, how do you cope with that? Because you're, we don't have particularly structured days. We don't have to go into an office at nine o'clock and leave at half five. How did you um, find the transition from your sort of previous corporate roles when you're giving it a go into, now I'm doing this on my own, I've got to manage my own time? Good question. So when I'm in flow, it's, it's really easy. But I find when I... Um, without getting too hippie on you, when, when I'm not connected to my reason why I'm doing this, when I'm not looking after myself, you know, I, I sacrificed a lot in those first couple of years. I didn't see friends. I didn't play sport. Um, you know, it's just all about work. And when you do have a difficult time, when builders are being creative with the invoicing or, uh, you know, you've got to tell the letting agents off, all that kind of stuff, and it's not going quite the way you want it to, if you've got nothing else going on, it's a, you kind of feel, what am I doing this for? I'm working my ass off. I was doing kind of less work in my day job with less stress. So when I'm connected to why I'm doing it and there's, I'm looking after myself, seeing my friends, working out, um, having fun at the same time, I find there's a lot more perspective and balance there and I'm able to really enjoy what I'm doing as opposed to it being a slog that I'll only be happy when I get there. Yeah. That makes sense? Yeah, absolutely. Um, have, have you found that your reason why has always changed uh, over the years or is it yeah, really stayed so, the same? Initially, if I'm honest, I didn't grow up with, with very much. So it was, I wanted to get into property for, for security, really. Security first and then, and then freedom second. Um, so it's a kind of a lack of that was my motivator. But now I've realized that actually a negative drive can be useful, but it also comes with challenges. And um, actually now my, my drive is fun and freedom. So like, I want to do what I love, what lights me up. And from that space, sure, security flows from that. But um, actually shifting focus from what well, I, I don't want to kind of be poor again. So, I, you know, I'm going to go and do this to actually what does it make available to me if I, you know, have X amount of income coming in. There's just a little bit. It's interesting because you've got both the sort of the, the, the pleasure and the, and the pain sort of uh, uh, the carrot and the stick as sort of motivators really, haven't you? So, you know, you've got, I'm never sure which is more, more powerful. I think it's probably maybe a combination of the two. Yeah, I, I think the, the, the pain can, can be a motivator, but it, it can also like drive you to feel like you need to do stuff or you should do stuff and beating yourself up. Um, a lot of us as entrepreneurs do a lot of that, right? Are you telling yourself off, you should have done better at that or should have sent that email or if you're not at your desk at nine o'clock on the dot, you're a disgrace. You know, these are some of the thoughts I, I, I used to tell myself for sure. And now just shifting that a little bit to, um, uh, you know, remembering why I'm doing this for fun and freedom and, and trusting myself and, you know, the process and 
allowing the results to, to flow. I think from that space of allowing, you get a lot better results. So you, you're at a point now where you've built the business and you know, great income from it. And now is the time to enjoy some of the sort of fruits of the labor. Uh, yeah. And um, for, for you, you've got a sort of passion for, for traveling. Um, so let's, let's talk a bit about that. So where, when are you off? Because, you know, we just caught you almost walking out the door with some suitcases, I think. Yeah, so, so. Um, what, one, two, three, four days on, on Tuesday. So, um, yeah, off to Bali's the first stop. So, yeah, it's interesting, actually, one of my mentees, Miles, who I think you are going to be interviewing as well. Um, yeah. I've helped him out uh, the last kind of year or two, and he's, he's done phenomenally well. And he's, he just came back from three or four months traveling. And um, he was like, Alex, you keep telling me to live my dream life, like, you know, what about you, mate? <laughs> <laughs> oh, do you know what? I'm off to Bali in a couple of months, but it, it'll be a very different trip, I think, because I'm taking my... What? Taking Actually, my... I think when this podcast is out, you both I are might, going to be in Bali. I might be in Bali. I might be in Bali. <laughs> so, might be in Bali. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, net, yeah, yeah, networking event Bali. There we go. So Business trip, right? Tax, absolutely. <laughs> Tax deductible, yeah. So, <laughs> just kidding, HMRC. Just kidding. So... Um, <laughs> Uh, I, I, yeah, I'm really interested to hear how you get on out there because I'm, I'm going out with my eight-year-old twins and my wife, so it's going to be maybe we'll be doing different stuff. I don't know, maybe not. So, um, so how long are you? How long are you away for? What's the what's the plan, or is it a kind of open-ended ticket? So every three months, I run a property course. So um, I've got the online course as well, which um, a number of people do, but I like to, to have the physical course as well. So every three months, I'll be flying back to the UK for that. And I'll check in on with, with my mentees and, and spend time with them and check up on the properties. But the way the business is, I don't need to be UK based. So my intention really is to for the, um, travel for as long as I, you know, as long as I want to keep doing it in three month chunks. But it would surprise. Last time I went traveling on uh, my first of three gap years when I was eighteen it was um, it was fifteen months. So we'll we'll see how long this one is. So okay, how so do you manage the business and your properties when you're away? Can you do it all from your computer or do you have people who are in the UK who kind of do it for you? So, I mean, in terms of the, um, the properties that are up and running, it's, it's really simple, right? Letting agents do it. I've yep. taken a while to choose the, the ones that I'm happy with. They send rental reports. I, um, you know, set uh, maintenance stuff. They handle up to a certain point that, you know, doesn't need to kind of bother me for and then for, for larger amounts yeah pop, pop me an email or check the rental reports once a month you know if there's any questions to ask you know this room has been empty for you know a few weeks why what's happened do we need to drop the rents those kind of questions but it really doesn't take very long right mm-hmm. um and in terms of future developments um yeah so i'll be popping back by buying a house and then you know um, kind of self-contracting people to help um the team that i've worked with now i've seen what i do a number of times so they, they know the system you know, know the builders, the architect, the plan consultant, all that kind of stuff. Um, so just kind of empower and, and trust them and, and obviously oversee the process that, which you can do on a laptop, as you said. Yeah. And so will you be actively kind of looking for properties whilst you're away or do you have someone else fulfilling that role for you? Or I'm honest, the, the next bit, I, I don't, I'm not desperate to buy another house right now. Yeah. Um, my intention really is to, to switch off. Uh, do you know what? It's funny because I... I a couple of weeks ago, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to switch off completely. And in the last couple of weeks, I've got so connected to loving the training so much, um, the, the mentoring and the, the courses that I do, that I, I don't want to stop that. In fact, I want to wrap that up. I had an intention of just kind of not really doing very much of that. But that's my focus the next couple of months is just teaching other people how to do this stuff because I've got connected to how crazy it is. Like, you can spend a couple of years 
you know, you've got to make sacrifices, right? You've got to work hard, especially if you're in a full-time job. Um, you've got to spend your evenings, your weekends, maybe some of your holiday time that you would be sitting on the beach. Maybe you sit on the beach for a couple of days, but then spend some of those days on building your business. You've got to do stuff now so that you can do stuff in a, you know, that other people don't need to. But using the strategies that I've done, you can achieve ridiculous things in you know, a very short period of time. And um, I'm so, just gonna... so what, why do you think some, a lot of people don't get to this point where you are now? Because I think probably if we were to interview you know, 100 people at the outset of their property journey, 60% of them wanna, will say, I want to travel more. You know, I want more time with my family. I want more kids, you know, more time with my kids or whatever. I want to do more things and go to more places. So I'm interested to, to get your opinion as to why more people don't get to that point. Do they just give up too early? Do they not want to make those early sacrifices or do they just not want it enough? Or what, what's your thoughts? Yeah, very good question. Springing it on me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what, I'll go first. (laughs) I think, um, and this is my my very personal opinion, I think that people think they know what they want to do. So, you know, I want to travel the world or I want to do whatever. And we are all very good at falling into routines and habits and getting comfortable. So particularly people in a corporate world, you know, you getting paid some decent money or whatever. And probably your job might have some stresses to it but if you've been doing it well you kind of know what you're doing you ride it out you've got a position of authority and respect and so forth and actually the sort of unknown bit of taking a step away from that and pushing yourself out of your comfort zone people are just too uncomfortable to do it i I actually think that's it and once you've done it once it's like everything is you do it once the second time is, is a little bit easier and it becomes then we it becomes habit forming it's it's the norm but stepping away from what our daily norms are i think that is probably that and a bit of fear factor um if you know what could go wrong stops most people um because they haven't got enough of they're not uncomfortable enough right now to to get there you know a bit too comfortable there there and that drive isn't strong enough so for me personally the fear factor was a really big kickstart and then you start to see some success and and you want to achieve more of that and you become less terrified about what that might be or the downsides so there you go i had a go at that i had a go at an answer good answer yeah good answer um so i completely agree with what you said and so i've written down two things people think it will be easy um not knocking anyone else's style in the industry but sometimes you hear on property courses and and trainers making it sound incredibly like you know you click your fingers and tomorrow you're a millionaire kind of thing um and let's be straight that doesn't happen right unless you know a way to win the lottery and if you know please let me know yeah (laughs) we'll keep it quiet we'll just yeah exactly some serious law of attraction so um i say to people it's it's not easy but it is incredibly simple and there's a, there's a big distinction. If you do X, Y, Z, you will get the results. But if you're an 18 year old, you've never, you know, you're, you're fresh out of school. Um, you don't have a lot of track record or credibility. Um, let's not beat around the bush. It is, um, you know, there are, it's more difficult for you to raise finance. You know, it doesn't mean that you can't do it. I was 22 at uni, um, no business property experience um, is doable. If, if you're a six, you know, 50 year old, 
director at Citigroup, it's probably, you've probably got mates a little bit easier, but I promise you that no matter who you are, where you are, you can absolutely do this. You've got all the finance you need right now within your circle, your friends, people at your football club, parents from school, your family members, people have got money, but um, they're not, you know, it's not the first time you say, oh, have you got some cash? You've got to consistently go to the networking events, keep learning, keep reading, growing yourself as a person and putting in the hard yards. And if you do that consistently and you've got an empowering context as to why you want to do it um, and you don't keep every five minutes going back and checking, oh, maybe it's my strategy that's not working. Maybe that's the problem. Um, you know, and they swap strategy or, you know, they start blaming outside of factors. No, you can do it. You're the cause of the matter. And, you know, if you do the simple things, it's not rocket science. You can get those results. So that's the first thing. I think it's, it's, it's interesting you said, you know, about some of the marketing that's used in the sort of property education industry. You can, you know, we understand why people use that marketing because it gets people onto courses and so forth. Sure. But um, most courses, I think, are quite responsible, most, not all, about saying, actually, you know, look, you're here because you want to do this. It's absolutely possible, but it's not going to be easy. I still think no matter how many times you tell people that, they don't quite believe it. They just think, sure. well, you know, I'll do it. So, um, there's quite a few factors I think that stop people doing it. Um, and I, you must see this with some of your, your mentees that I don't know what approach you take. If sometimes it's a kick up the backside. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously that mixture of pain and pleasure, right? It's um, we've, we've got a really awesome community where there's, there's uh, everyone's kind of feeding off, off each other. Yes. Property and business, but kind of life and, and helping motivate and inspire each other. And hold each other accountable. So we set up, you know, buddy systems. So it's not just kind of top down Alex telling you off, you know, there's, there's systems in place to check in on people, give us your weekly plans, what you say you're going to do, what did you do? What didn't you do? Where are your challenges? Um, and kind of continually checking in any little questions you've got. Cause I think a lot of people are very talented and capable, but they don't always pull the trigger cause they doubt themselves. So, um, you know, the way I set up my mentoring, it isn't just, you know, once a month we, we meet up kind of stuff. It, it's, we, we talk all the time with Skype calls and WhatsApps and stuff. So any little questions that you can send, you know, deals across and floor plans and, you know, to check everything you're doing. So people have the confidence that, to do what they know to do, but sometimes they don't pull the trigger because they, they think they might be making a mistake. Mm. Oh, yeah, well, I have this conversation quite a lot, actually, about people's inability to make a decision. Mm. I'm sure you must think it's right. It's a lot of money, you know, especially if your first couple of projects, you don't want to get it wrong. But, but then I think people have got, a lot of people have got an inability to make any decision. And it almost yeah. doesn't matter how big or small it is. Um, I've definitely gone the other way. I'm far too decisive to the point of kind of abruptness. And I don't, you know, I, I guess you get to a point where you think, well, I'll make a decision if it's right or wrong. I'll stand by it. But um, I... Well, I'm, 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 you know, traditionally an overthinker or, or, or have been. So, you know, that leads to, you don't want to get it wrong. You're feared of making a mistake, uh, overthinking, overanalyzing, you know, and spending forever going round and round in circles. And then you get pissed off and frustrated and resigned. Start <laughs> I, just, I just sort of thinking, God, if I just classified myself as an underthinker. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, that's, maybe that's better because then you're just going into things without, you know, you know, without overthinking it. I think that might have been one of, on one of my school reports, you know, under, classic <laughs> underthinker. <laughs> so, so where you are now, you know, looking back on, you know, growing the business and you, you, you then had this sort of period where, you know, it, I've created not a monster, but, you know, it takes input. What would you have done differently to have been able to take 
more time off and more Alex time at the earlier stages. So what would I have done different to, to have more time? That's a question. Um, yeah. Well, to be able to, you know, or, or, or do you think it's a kind of necessary evil that you've got to put in a couple of years hard graft to then? I think it's impossible to achieve without doing work. Uh, you know, especially if you don't start with money, you know, you're going to have to, if you've got money, you can, you know, leverage other people and get them to do the work. But if you start without capital from, from scratch, you're going to have to do work. And um, I'd have just been smarter with what I was doing. I, I thought, so I, I had mentoring um, early on and then I thought that I knew it all. I thought that just because I could buy a house and raise finance, I thought that I knew everything to go to the next level. So I thought I'd save on the money of mentoring then and, um, you know, I could do it by myself. But no matter where you're at, you want to get to the next, if, if you want to get to the next level, then, you know, having someone who's helped who's been there before makes that so much easier. So let's talk about that then, because actually having someone else who's, you know, trod the path before and made the mistakes and, you know, you, you can learn from them. There's a lot of people in the market now that will purport to, you know, be the go-to expert on whatever you're doing. So what would your advice be to say someone who's saying that I do need some support I do I want guidance I want the the experience of someone who's been there and done that because there are some people out there who maybe won't be the best choice so how did you go about choosing a mentor and what lessons did you learn from that where other people can learn about the right fit for them um great question so for there's a few sides to it and I'll think of them as I'm saying them, but test testimonials, right? It, and not just one, one person who's done well, but a lot of people who've, who've done really well. So a mentor is only as good as the results that they, you know, help their, their clients produce. There's no fluffing around that. There's no kind of marketing spin or whatever, you know, make sure that they've got a number of testimonials. And if you want to reach out to those people, check their reel, you know, ask them, would you recommend working with them? What did you like about them? What didn't you like about them? Um, you know, don't be afraid to do your due diligence on a mentor. It's definitely one of them. Um, and what about a sort of personality fit? Is that important that you have important values? I, I, I like to work with someone who I like to work with. You know, it's important for me. Maybe it's not important for everyone, but has that person, maybe a different way of saying the same thing is, does that person really care about me? Um, you know, are they going to, depending on what mentoring kind of structure you're on, you know, pick up the phone, you know, respond to all that kind of stuff. When, when kind of shit hits the fan, do they, have they really got my back? Um, or is it just a tag on to their kind of business? And often you can, you can find that stuff out. You can, you know, talk, talk to them or, you know, reach out to them and, and kind of check their values. You're a mentor now, right? You've mentioned that you've got a couple of mentees. Do you feel the pressure of, needing to sort of set a set an example or you know is it very much a, a partnership and you're just sort of holding the hand way. um to sort of you know this is what i've this is what i've achieved you can do it too or are you just sort of wa- walking them through their own journey as opposed to uh making sure that they follow yours so what do i need them to do exactly what i've done or can i help them on their own journey <laughs> Yeah. I mean, do you feel the pressure to sort of prove, constantly prove yourself that you are a good mentor? You are um, making the results. You're sort of, you are, you are practicing what you preach. I don't know. Maybe to to start with now, 
the results speak for themselves. I don't need to prove anything to anyone. I've, you know, I've, I've done okay, but more importantly, that, that you know, the mentees have, have got awesome results. And now I'm, I'm not the best at the whole marketing thing and I'm, I'm getting better at that. But every one of the people I've worked with raves about me so highly that they tell all their friends about it. And, you know, it, it, it's going that way. So um, I don't feel the pressure. I just focus on doing the absolute best job I can do. And, and obviously, as you kind of said, for them, right? You don't have to just do what, what I've done. I've learned a huge amount uh, you know, from, from my mentors and then made a huge amount more mistakes and learned from all different people to get to where I've got and I can share that with them. So if they're looking to do whatever strategy they're looking to do or, uh, you know, problems they're going through, everyone's different. So, you know, help them do their thing. Do you think there's a, um, from the people that you work with and you support and, and mentor, do they have sort of common goals? Um, you know, it, it are... I know, 50% of them looking to go traveling. In, in yeah, really good question. Or... Really, really good question. So it's interesting, really. Like from, from the TED Talk, too, you, um, you kind of alluded to, um, I've, you know, literally tens of thousands of people have got in touch as a result of that. And, and it's interesting, all the people that got in touch were very similar to me. Um, I don't have a, you know, if you're not like me, you can't talk to me kind of thing. But, but you connect, you know, you, people are, are drawn to who you are. So um, a lot of them don't want to be billionaires. You know, if, if you want to do that, I, I'm very confident that I can make, in fact, in fact no, I, I probably, you know, I can help you on the first bit when you start getting to the, you know, ten, tens or hundreds of millions, maybe you need to, uh, well, the hundreds or, or billions, then you need to, um, to go and be mentored by someone else. But um, those that are attracted to me, the people got in touch from the TED Talk because they liked kind of I'm not a shiny shoe you know salesman kind of be I'm, I'm I'm pretty chilled cool I've learned some stuff and that stuff has enabled me to, to do amazing things and um so that's a long way of saying um what was I saying oh, well, I, I, yeah I guess I, 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 well, I think I'm gonna try and recap that so I, I, I think probably people identify with people who are maybe a little bit like them Yes. Well, they've got shared values or shared views of what they want out of life. So you probably have fewer mentees who are in their 60s and looking for a retirement plan um, than you do people who are in their sort of 20s or 30s and saying, well, actually, we want to kind of create uh, the lifestyle that we want now. And and, and that's normal. You know, that's that's of course. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I've. I wouldn't like to say her age, but um, uh, <laughs> yeah. So I've mentored all ends of the spectrum, but predominantly 20, 30, 40 people who have realized that the corporate thing wasn't quite what they thought it was going to be cracked up to be, or, you know, they want to spend more time with their kids now. Um, and, you know, three, five, 10, 15, 20 grand a month. Um, all of this, I mean, you know, even for most people, three, five, 10 grand a month, right? But coming in without needing to work for it makes life hugely different. So yeah. Um, yeah. People have got a real reason why, not just, you know, I love, I love the shiny things, you know, that it's really, uh, you know, know, owning a Lamborghini or whatever it is, is never a strong enough motivator, is it? I I don't believe no one actually wants that car. car. If if you do, maybe you need different drivers. That's a different different conversation. So yeah, so those that attracted me tend to be those that it's not the money they want. It's what that money enables them to do. Did you find that there was a certain point in your sort of property life where you sort of went, I've, I've done it. I can, I can go now. I can go traveling or did it dawn on you slowly? 
Well, it's when I did the TED talk that I, um, you know, we've had 2.2 million views in whatever it's been, 18 months or something like crazy. And I, it, it was then that I realized actually, and so many people reached out and said, oh my God, you know, you've explained it in a way I haven't heard before, or, you know, I really love your values. Can you help me do the same? I realized I've kind of got a responsibility to help these guys do, do their thing because so many people are really talented or have got passions, you know, charities or spend time with their kids or traveling, whatever it is, but they're not able to do it just because of money or time, you know, they're, they're tied to a job. So being able to somewhat give someone that, that's sounding too cheesy, like the gift of doing what they want is, is epic. And um, so yeah, when I got the TED talk, did, it, did that, I realized I need to spend my time doing all this now. And from either your own mentees or other people that you see, in the industry and coming into property new what are the kind of classic mistakes that you see people start to make where you can you can help guide them so that you can see okay i wouldn't do it like that because that's actually going to take you further away from your end goal you know your end goal yeah. is whatever it is financial freedom you know want to take time away or whatever but you see people um making the wrong decision that it takes them further away from that are there any sort of classic mistakes you see people make People trying to do too many strategies is a massive one. So, you know, people used to ask me, Alex, what's your strategy? And I was like, wait, anything that makes money, <laughs> and, uh, you know, thinking that's a great answer, but yeah. uh, it's, it's not. If you focus on one thing, follow one course until successful, I'm sure you've heard the acronym, um, yeah. but focus on one thing and smash it. And um, yeah, so people trying to do, you know, they're trying to look at lease options and rent to rent and HMOs and commercial versions. You're never going to get anywhere because mm when you focus on one thing it becomes a heck of a lot easier i mean i always think as well you know if you let's say you started with hmos or rent to rent or whatever and you get to a level where you've you, you've got your bills covered and a bit of extra money to have some nice things in life or whatever that is probably the point at which you can say right now i'm going to look at the bigger projects or whatever mm-hmm. um yeah. i've got a friend of mine and i won't name him because he'll probably watch this and listen to this bit uh, um he's a classic you know he's always wants to be on to the next thing because the next thing will be better than this thing yeah and you know probably if you just stuck out this thing for another year yes he'd be in a really comfortable position yes uh, you, you must see that all the time i'm sure yeah that's that's a great point um you know you've heard the thing about the iceberg or the 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 plant growing down as before it grows up it's all that kind of stuff but linked to that as well people do it with areas and locations People think it's the location that's made someone successful. So, you know, I started getting on the speaker circuit and then people started rocking up to my area, my viewings, um, you know, and I was like, you're right, guys. <laughs> and, uh, it's not the area um, that's made, you know, me or anyone else be successful. It's, it's the, the action that, that, you know, has enabled people to go into that. So I think people overthink areas too. So whenever I'm working with someone, we always look, first of all, at your area. Um, and there's pros and cons, right? If you, um, if you live in kind of Surrey and then you're driving up to, to Hull or, you know, there's time, energy, you don't know the area as well, or, you know, all, all these kind of costs. Sure, the return might be a bit higher, but there's a big downside to it as well. So I would always encourage people to look first of all in your area and, you know, maybe tweaking your structure or your strategies to enable it to, to work there. And if you need to, then we can kind of look elsewhere. So let's just get back to your traveling trip because I've got traveling envy now. So what, what are you going to be doing whilst you're away? Because I don't imagine that you are a sit on the beach, you know, and bake in the sun for nine hours a day guy. <laughs> so that was my intention, actually. So oh, really? then, uh, two weeks ago, I said to myself, I'm just going to do that. And then 
you know, we were talking just off air just now. I've just got so connected to how awesome this stuff is and I'm loving the, the teaching stuff, um, the mentoring. So I think my intention is to um, be able to help more people in that way. So, you know, setting up new courses and programs and a lot of people are international that have done the TED Talk. So, you know, find ways to, to help, help them. Uh, can, I, can I be really nosy for a minute? Do, how how do you travel? Do you do it on a budget and you stay in hostels? Do you sort of go extravagant and stay in five star hotels? So um, when, I was eight, when I was eighteen, I saved up um, cricket coaching, and um, I I went backpacking for fifteen months. So I did all the hostels. You know, my average was seven pounds a day in India. So I you know just by myself, India, Sri Lanka, Japan, China, Thailand, Malaysia. Had, you know, ended up in Australia. Had the best time, and we've done. A lot of holidays, um, Katrina, my business partner, and I, uh, that aren't, haven't been like that, you know, recently, the, the Dubai's and the Australia's and the America's and all this kind of stuff at the, the top end. But now I'm really excited to, to give it a go doing, you know, what I did before. So I've booked myself into a hostel, actually. Oh, and, so um, it's very much by choice rather than necessity. Because, I mean, when I go <laughs> traveling, it's very much necessity. I've got to stay in the 18-room dorms, you know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's it's about, a, I think right? there's a there's some middle ground as well. Though, <laughs> there's, you know, I, I think I, I, I put myself in for a few days and I'll see how I get on. But um, this this trip is, um, yeah. I I I got into property for fun. The, my my biggest values are fun and freedom, and um, you know, adventure. So I want to do all the you know explore stuff. I I th- I don't know. I'll try it out in a five-star hotel and see what the experience is like and I don't think you'll get to meet as many people or have the same experiences so I, I think you know the five-star experience isn't isn't really traveling is it it's great for a holiday right yeah yeah but you could it's be anywhere traveling. in the world couldn't you you could be yeah. anywhere in the world and and you know at the same time there's probably people myself included who don't necessarily want to do it right at the bottom of the budget um <laughs> so they're quite a nice sort of I think there's a nice happy middle ground there somewhere I think Perhaps so. that's where you'll be. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? And have you got any cool stuff that you want to do? So I know when I was doing a bit of traveling, um, I did a lot of diving and even on my honeymoon, I did 21 dives and my, my dive tab at the end of it, you know, cause they, every day they say, do you want to come diving? And I'm like, Oh, that's nice of you to invite me. And I forget that every time I go out, it's costing me, you know, whatever, $40 or something. And my dive tab was Invite more... you out if you pay yeah, for it. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. But you forget all of that. And I came to sort of pay for it at the end. And I was like, Wow, my diving tab is more expensive than my holiday to the Maldives. <laughs> wow. <That's laughs> so you've got some cool stuff you want to do while you're there? Yeah, so uh, off to Bali, first of all, there's a great place called Kangu, which is kind of um, a hippie kind of place. So chill out on the beach and then all, all the adventure stuff that, and the, the meditation. I want to go to like a meditation retreat, it's like a silence um, meditation thing for like a week. Um, get my yoga game silence on. Silence meditation. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's hardcore. Um, no, that sounds possibly like one of my worst nightmares. I'm a talker, so I have to fill any silence. Even more than anyone else then. <laughs> yeah. I have to fill any silence with words, and I'll probably just chatter away to people. <laughs> In fact, you, you could just start yours now. That would be fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. I also like doing stuff that, so, um, you know, I've, I've, I've grown a lot as a person on the journey. You have to, right, to, to to grow your business. Um, and I think sometimes people forget to do that as well. Um, when you actually going back to what you said earlier about why do people not succeed if you're not reading the books and, and growing and surrounding yourself in a positive environment, it does make it a lot more difficult. Um, 
and yeah, I want to kind of grow as a person too. So do all this weird and wonderful stuff to, you know, challenge myself, grow as a person, decide what the next chapter is all about. Um, and also I like pushing myself, like scaring myself. So I don't like heights. So I really want to jump out of a plane just to, it, the thought of it now, like gives me butterflies. And you know, I, I, you know, I started learning to, to skydive two years ago. Three How years. can you learn? You just okay. lie on the floor. <laughs> no, you, you I'm, I'm practicing, guys. I will tell you how you do it. Okay, so you spend a day in a classroom and you learn about um, what happens if you get tangled in the lines when you're falling okay. and you learn about the positions and you have literally, you have like a sort of skateboard on, on a set of wheels in the middle that you lie on and they spin you round and stuff. And then on day two, you jump out of an airplane with two people. They go you out at the same time. Well. Yeah, I did that, yeah. And I got to my seventh jump and I broke my leg um, by being an idiot and just cocking up. But anyway, so I jumped out of a plane on my own without anyone, you know, without a tandem, uh, seven times. And, wow. Um, nice work. Yeah, uh, it's terrifying. It's absolutely yeah. terrifying. And I, I you know, I, I knew a few people at the, the drop zone and they were every day, they're like, how are you, are you enjoying it? And I was like, um, I, I don't know, <laughs> sort of. <laughs> it's really frightening. <laughs> And, uh, and the dive uh, centre and the scuba centre must have loved you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the scuba, the scuba centre was fine. No, that was uh, that was not terrifying. That just cost a load of money. Yeah, um, yeah. But the dive centre was literally terrifying. The, the drop zone was literally terrifying. Um, I've got a load of stories about that, but I'll share them another time. So, um, the Ant Lions parachuting podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> how very much how not to do it. So, um, okay. So look, I'm conscious that we've stolen quite a lot of your time today. So if, uh, and you probably need to start packing. If you're like me, I would have packed about three weeks ago. I can't help but do that. But, um, so for people who are listening to this and they think, you know what, it'd be quite interesting to follow Alex while he's away, um, and make contact with him. How can people do that? Yeah. So, um, obviously Alex Sepatowski, easier to in fact it's not easy to say is it is it not easy to spell or say but uh, hopefully it'll come up there as is how to spell that so you know type me in on on facebook send me a message please say hello um so i know who you are please please don't just uh, add me because quite a few people from the ted stuff um add me from all over so make sure you say hello and um alexipatowski.com is my website jump on there check it out and you know if i if anybody's resonated with that or you know if um any of that kind of inspires you, then, then please reach out. And if I can help, would, would be an absolute pleasure. Oh, okay, and, and, and follow me on YouTube because I'll be doing loads of videos on the travels and passive income. Uh, Fewer than silent meditation ones. Yeah, maybe that's not the most <laughs> uh, exciting video to watch. I, I know, you could, it'd be like the real old-fashioned movies or something. So, you know, we'll see. But, uh, okay, and um, if, you are, if you want to download um, the, a copy of the article uh, that we produced with Alex, where we detail some of the case studies, which we haven't talked about today, and how he found them, and how he financed them, and how they're structured, and all that kind of stuff as well, um, then go to yourpropertynetwork.co.uk forward slash stuff, and there's loads of resources following on from the podcast on there that you can gain access to. Uh, and Alex, uh, maybe I'll see you in, hopefully I'll bump into you in Bali. Amazing. I think the last thing to, to, to say, guys, is just that whatever you want to do, I promise you, you can do it. I know that when you're going through the tough times or, you know, you see other people uh, kind of rocketing forward and kind of in front of you and you're comparing yourself to them and beating yourself up and wondering why you can't do it. I promise you that you can do it. There's nothing different about you to anybody who's, who's got results. You can do it. Uh, keep it simple. You know, 
get mentored by someone who is, is great in your strategy, who cares for you and, um, you know, you can get the same results as them. The best thing about property is you don't need to revolutionize an industry. You don't need to come up with some Facebook or Instagram or, you know, some amazing shop. You literally do X, Y, Z following a particular strategy and you can get the same results. So keep it simple and, you know, and do whatever you want with your time and, and money. Okay. And don't overthink right. it. Don't over, be an underthinker. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Stage advice. So, but Alex, Maybe not when you're parachuting. Maybe not, man. That, that, that was the problem. That was the problem. That's you break your leg, yeah. Yeah. So, although I broke my leg and I, I didn't know I'd broken my leg, so I packed up my parachute and I walked off and I had a cup of tea and I drove home and I took my dog out for a walk. Um, and then a couple of days later, I was like, this is quite uncomfortable. And I went in and I said, my ribs don't really feel right. And I've broken four of my ribs and my fibula. And... Um, they said, uh, you're going to have to stay here and go, get put in a car. So I said, I've driven in. How am I going to do that? I'm stuck. For a football match later, come on. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, honestly, it is one of, I've broken a number of bones and, and every single one of them I've been complete denial. So I'm sure it's absolutely fine. Um, but I've got a cross, CrossFit class. Exactly, yeah. And one day I'll do a podcast on the ludicrous parts of my body that I've broken and, what I've sub- and my subsequent denial and continuing to ski or snowboard. I'll probably get less views than my meditation one. Yeah, probably. Yeah, unless I've got some footage of me actually doing it. Yeah, so, that'll yeah. go viral. But so, Alice, it's been an absolute pleasure catching up uh, again. We wish you, uh, you know, an amazing time on your travels. We're going to be following you avidly and... Yeah. Um, we should do one of these kind of when you're on location, we should do a, a catch up when you're on location. That'd be awesome. Yeah, thank you for your time. Thank okay. you very much. Everyone. Thank you. Good luck. Thanks for listening. Don't forget you can go to yourpropertynetwork.co.uk forward slash stuff. You can download the article that we create from the podcast. So you can see all of the case study pictures, all the uh, financials um, and a bit more information uh, in there as well. And there's loads of other useful things to download uh, on that web page as well. And don't forget to rate, comment and subscribe to our podcast.